In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. National organizations are putting the word out that the donated blood supply is critically low in many places across the United States right now. A number of areas are seeing emergency appeals for more donations. Locally, Joe Brown is the director of lab services at Corwell Health in southwest Michigan. Day to day, our needs are being met, uh, but we are working with our blood supplier every day to replenish the products that we have on the shelf. Versity Blood Center of Michigan is Corwell's partner for blood supplies. That organization has a goal of keeping at least a three-day supply of available blood for local hospitals. Last September, the group said the level was down to just one-day supply. That has since improved. Brown says that's good news, and Corwell would appreciate people considering making the donation on a regular basis. So far, we've had sufficient supply to meet all of our clinical needs, but uh, every blood unit is a donation. So we rely on community members and regular donors to keep those supplies uh, well stocked. If you are interested in donating blood, find the story on our website, wsjm.com, and click on the Versity link to find the nearest blood drive or donation center. Contract negotiations continue between Berrien County leaders and the unions representing Sheriff's Department officers. The previous contract expired at the end of 2023, and negotiations are underway for a new agreement. The contracts cover wages and benefits for deputies, sergeants, lieutenants, captains, and chief deputies. Marion County Sheriff Chuck Height says it's a competitive labor market, especially for law enforcement. Obviously, we're hoping we can get uh, them resolved you know, in the near future. And obviously, we want to make sure we're very competitive when it comes to recruitment retention and making sure the deputies and, and uh, command staff are compensated well. Salaries for deputies currently start at $51,000 for sergeants at 63. For lieutenants, captains, and the chief deputy, the starting salary range is between seventy-six dollars and $84,000 annually. Height says he's optimistic they will reach an agreement soon. Uh, we've got sessions going on. I can't get into details about them, but we're hoping to keep moving those along and get get it resolved. While the most recent contract is expired, it remains in effect until binding arbitration is concluded. There are also provisions for back pay. In the state of Michigan, police and fire employees are prohibited from striking for the sake of public safety. The annual Michigan Economic Outlook Survey was released at the Detroit Economic Club on Tuesday. For the first six months of 2024, those surveyed said the economic outlook in Michigan was more positive but still facing challenges. Short-term concerns are related to soft economic growth due to high interest rates that are still impacting the mortgage industry, the auto industry, and housing and building trades. The good news is inflation is falling, giving the Federal Reserve room to cut interest rates. Most surveyed expected growth in the latter half of the year and into 2025. A continued track of concern, however, is Michigan's population and the state's ability to attract and retain a younger workforce. Gabriel Ehrlich from the University of Michigan spoke at the report's unveiling and says we have an older population and an aging workforce, which presents a challenge. We really don't see a lot of room for, for a lot more growth of the labor force, even though it's a tight job market. And so typically you think a tighter job market brings people into the labor force. We think that's going to be tough in, in the years to come. And so, you know, growing the population, especially the working age population, it, it's an important you know, ingredient for economic growth. Ehrlich says young people need career opportunities if they're going to stay in Michigan. But the national competition for talent is fierce. We have the video posted at MoodyOnTheMarket.com.
Lawmakers might be back in session at the state capitol, but don't look for a lot of House-approved bills in the first few weeks. The state house is evenly divided at 54 due to a couple of vacancies that won't be filled until April. But there are a lot of economic growth issues awaiting action. Cornerstone Alliance, the area's economic development organization, is looking for more incentives to lure data centers to southwest Michigan. Cornerstone CEO Rob Cleveland. We want a, a, data, a tax exemption for data centers, and Joey Andrews has been leading that for with us and, and working in great partnership. Cleveland says relaxing the sales tax on data centers could draw more of those businesses to our area, the benefit being clean industry with high-paying jobs. Data center tax exemption is huge. It's an exemption on sales tax only. So it doesn't impact schools, it has no negative impact on, on uh, other local tax, uh, taxing units. Cornerstone has been instrumental in identifying and marketing local properties suitable for data centers. Analysts predict growth in that area for both the public and private sectors as demand increases for digitization of business processes, cloud usage, and big data. Michigan State Police wants drivers to be prepared in case they get in a crash and get stranded in the dangerous cold that continues. First Lieutenant Mike Shaw says drivers should always stay in their car if it's safe to do so. We always recommend that you stay in your vehicle with your seatbelt fastened. It's the safest place, uh, not only because it's warmer in your car, but also because the other traffic that's driving around. uh, You want to make sure that you're in a a good spot to be in uh, as far as that goes. Shaw says people should prepare a cold weather emergency kit for their cars. It should have in that kit hand warmers, blankets, an extra coat and gloves, and some snacks. Frostbite takes only minutes to set in when temperatures are this low. Dr. Trifon Dimitrievsky works in the emergency room at the Detroit Receiving Hospital. He says frostbite can harm exposed skin in just 15 minutes, and some areas are more vulnerable than others. Fingers, toes, your nose, and your ears. Uh, we That's the uh, largest component uh, that we see frostbite in. Most commonly the fingers, uh, the toes, and then followed by the ears. Absolutely. So you want to keep the ears covered. You know, a hat uh, that covers your ears. You know, uh, uh, a wool hat that comes down over your ears. Um, you know, gloves. Dr. Dumitrieski says emergency rooms have been overwhelmed with frostbite patients this week. More indications that cars and trucks could get more affordable this year. Autobeat reporter Jeff Gilbert has this report. For much of the chip crisis, car makers focused production on high-end models because that's where the money is. As things improve, Stephanie Brindley of S&P Global Mobility says we could see more mid-range production expand. I think what we should see in 24 and 25 is a little bit more production of mid-trim vehicles. Brindley tells the Automotive Press Association the emphasis will remain on SUVs. She says Detroit's car makers aren't returning to sedans because those aren't where the profits are. Jeff Gilbert, the Michigan News Network. And tickets for the Lions win over the Rams last weekend, setting a record for most expensive wildcard game in NFL history. And now tickets for Detroit's divisional round game against Tampa Bay is even more expensive. Michigan News Network with this report. To simply walk into Ford Field Sunday, it's going to cost at least $600 for a ticket on StubHub and Ticketmaster. And that's before fees. It's by far the most expensive ticket for any of the four divisional round games this weekend. 
Starting ticket prices for Green Bay at San Francisco is the next closest. That'll cost more than $250 to get in. Jeremy Jenkins for the Michigan News Network. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. We'll have a look at national news coming up. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. President Joe Biden summoning the big four congressional leaders to the White House to talk about a supplemental aid package today for Ukraine, Israel, and changes to U.S. immigration policy that could also be included in the legislation. Senate Republican Leader Mitch McConnell laying out what he's looking for earlier. ABC's Jay O'Brien explains. Senate Republicans saying they believe a more than $100 billion supplemental aid package, including support for Israel, Ukraine, and changes to U.S. immigration policy, could be voted on as early as next week as high-stakes negotiations play out between President Biden and congressional leaders. What we're working on is trying to get a package out of the Senate that deals with national security and border security in a credible way. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell speaking Wednesday. The question now facing the Senate, can they come to a bipartisan compromise that the Republican-controlled House would also pass? Jay O'Brien, ABC News, the Capitol. The National Transportation Safety Board is asking Congress to fund the government and avoid a shutdown at the end of this week. Chair Jennifer Homendy says if there's an accident, investigators will respond, but the current Boeing investigation would stall. That's the investigation into the door plug that came off an Alaska Airlines jet mid-flight. Nearly 200 Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes remain grounded as inspections continue, leading to flight cancellations. We will not be able to continue because the standard is to protect life and property. The planes are grounded. We have the information we need. So that stops. All our investigations in that stage would stop. Biden administration officials say they're working to mitigate any adverse impacts on vulnerable Yemeni civilians as the U.S. responds to the attacks in recent weeks on commercial shipping in the Red Sea and the Gulf of Aden. At a White House briefing, national security official John Kirby sharing more information after the designation of the Houthis as a specially designated global terrorist group earlier today, effective February 16. Today's designation targets the Houthis. Not the Yemeni people. The United States remains the world's leading donor of humanitarian assistance for Yemen. We recognize that more than 15 million people in Yemen are still in desperate need of food. National Security Official John Kirby. Another Republican presidential debate has been canceled after Nikki Haley's refusal to participate in any forum that doesn't include ex-president Donald Trump. CNN announced Wednesday its Sunday debate is off. ABC a day earlier called off their Thursday debate. Haley says she'll only take part in debates if Trump is on stage. The cancellations mean for the first time in years there won't be an on-the-ground face-off ahead of the New Hampshire primary next week. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has committed to taking part in the debates, but Trump has skipped all of the debates thus far, so Haley's participation has been the deciding factor in whether they would go on. Around 1,000 flights have been canceled today and 3,000 more delayed because of extreme weather across the country. ABC's Alex Stone is watching flight data. Today, Nashville dealing with snow and ice along with Buffalo and Chicago Midway have the most canceled flights in the U.S. Portland, Oregon, Seattle and Denver aren't far behind. The crippling cold making flight operations tough. United, Southwest and Alaska Airlines have canceled the most flights. Alaska and United are hit by a double whammy of their Boeing 737 MAX 9 planes being grounded as well. 
ABC's Alex Stone. And a new study finds that video gamers should probably turn down the volume. ABC's Mike Dubusky. Gaming may be a common source of unsafe listening, says the British Medical Journal. Its latest review finds that gamers may be at an increased risk of hearing loss or tinnitus because they generally play with the volume turned up for long periods. But the journal also said more research is necessary to establish a stronger link between gaming and hearing issues. The paper looked at 14 different studies encompassing around 50,000 people. Mike Dubusky. ABC News. And finally, the cost to overdraw a bank account could drop to as little as $3 under a proposal announced by the White House. The latest move by the Biden administration to combat fees, it says, pose an unnecessary burden on American consumers, particularly those living paycheck to paycheck. The change could potentially eliminate billions of dollars in fee revenue for the nation's biggest banks, which were gearing up for a battle even before Wednesday's announcement. Under the proposal, banks would have to show how much it costs for them to run overdraft services or instead charge a benchmark fee that could be $3, $6, $7, or $14, depending on the final version of the rule. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.